had a lot of opportunities to go to Honduras and uh, be a part of teams down there. And one of the things that we uh, often did was we would build homes uh, for families. And uh, it took about four to 5,000 uh, adobe bricks that are about yay big um, and weigh about 25 pounds a piece. And uh, oftentimes we would have to move them from one part of the mountainside to another part of the mountainside. And uh, that was a lot of fun, um, especially in the heat. Uh, and especially depending on which side of the mountain you're on, there may be breeze or there may not. And uh, I remember one particular year we were moving these blocks and, uh, you know, all of us were trying to be, I don't know what, superheroes, I'm not sure what, but we were trying to carry as many of these blocks as possible. And uh, I'm, you know, sometimes, like I said last week, I have to learn the hard way. Um, I tried carrying two uh, at a time and uh, successfully did that a few times. Um, but the, the longer the day went, the hotter the day got. And, uh, and we're going up a hill and uh, moving these blocks. And 50 pounds of adobe block is, you know, that you're carrying by yourself is not easy, at least not for me. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just getting slower as the day goes on, walking up this trail. And we're all just one right after the other walking up this trail. And uh, I am sweating buckets. It is so hot. And I am tired and I am just uh, wearing down, and then all of a sudden, this guy comes up behind me, a, a hundred, one of the Honduran guys, and he says, Necesitas ayuda. And I'm like, I think that means need help. And, uh, and I'm like, yes! Uh, and he takes one of my blocks, and behind him is, I swear this kid had to been three years old, uh, maybe four. And this kid is already carrying two of the blocks, and he's like, he takes the block from me, and he hands it to the kid. And I'm like, I can't tell him no at this point, because if I tell him no, I basically am slapping the dude in the face. And, and so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with it, this, this kid. And, and I'm not joking. This kid did this all day long. And, uh, and it was uh, unbelievable to me, because he, he would take three blocks at a time, up the hill, and, uh, and oftentimes, uh, this gentleman would come along with his son and say the same thing over and over again, Necesitas ayuda, and I'm like, yes, I need help. I did not want to, after the second time, third time, I was like, no, I do not, I do not want to, no, please don't ask me. If you ask me, I know I'm going to have to say yes, don't do it, and he kept asking, and I kept having to say, yes, I need help. And, uh, and thankfully, he was right there every time because um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I did not want him to say it, but I was thankful. <laughs> I was thankful, even though this little kid was, I mean, he would take that third block, and he would fly by me. And I'm just like, man, this is just not right. And it's, it's amazing, isn't it, in our lives how difficult it is for us to say, I need help. I need help. I don't know if you struggle with that or not, but oftentimes what I hear people say is, I'm not going to ask for help. I don't need charity. I, I, don't, need, I don't need pity. Can I, just, can I just challenge you with that in this, that asking for help doesn't mean that the person who's asking, the reason they're asking is because of hospitality. 
because of love. Because they just want to help come alongside of you and help. And, and the Bible makes it clear, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Cast all your care upon him for he cares for us. God, I, I need help. Can I, can I ask you to do something? Would you just, I, I, I know we don't say this very often, so would you just turn to somebody on your left and your right in front or behind you and just look at them in the eye and go, I need help. Whether you think you do or not, just say to them, I need help. Go ahead and practice it right now. Good job. Good job. You, you said it. You said, I need help. Well, that's good. But there's a whole big difference between knowing and doing. There's a big difference between saying, I need help, and actually being willing to get help. And, and so if we're not willing to do that, it's going to be really difficult for us to grow in our soul, to let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit of God fill us up in our soul if we're not willing to turn to God at least and say, God, I need help. And the beauty is, is that what God does is he brings along our side of us individuals who may be the same as us or may be smaller than us who come alongside of us and, and are like, I'll help you. Let me help. And many of you, I, I think about today is, yes, it's Mother's Day. We celebrate that. And many of you, many of you ladies, you understand this because you have come alongside of people for so long in your life. That is what you've done with your life is you've helped individuals through life, whether as a biological mom or just a mother figure, you've come alongside and said, I will help you. And I say thank you. Thank you so much to the ladies, I, I think of, of this church that come alongside and help. I, I, for a long time, my mom did not live with us. She now does, and I thank God for that. My wife is an amazing helper. And, and then there are ladies in this church who have been mother figures to me, and I say to you, thank you. And, and, I, and I wish I could name all of you because there's so many of you that have been a loving helper, and I know you guys text me all the time, or you tell me all the time, I'm praying for you, and, and, and that is help. I need help. And every single one of us in here, if we're honest with ourselves, needs to come to the reality that you need help. And are we willing to say to God, God, I need, I need your help? We looked at last week, and I'm going to turn there again, if you would, to James chapter 5, Verse 16, again, the half-brother of Jesus is writing this, and we talked about last week of, of confessing our sin to one another, confessing it first to God and then to one another, and really that is a, a proclamation, that is a demonstration, that is saying, I need help, I have sin in my life, I can't carry this load anymore, I need help, I need someone to come alongside of me and help bear this burden, I need to confess this, I agree with you, God, that I need help, and I'm confessing it to you, and I'm confessing it to others so that I can get the help I need so that healing can begin in my life, so that healing can begin in my soul. And, 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 and I wonder today, are, are you letting God heal your soul? He is the only one that can do that. 
He's the only one that can do that. I love the fact that he brings others alongside of us, but God is still the only one who can truly heal your soul, who can heal your life. And, and so as we turn to God and we turn to others, we realize we're saying, I need help. And confession is a very important part of that. And if you weren't here last week, go back and listen to it. It's on demand on YouTube, and we encourage you to go back. It's also on our website. Go back and listen to it. The other side of this, though, it says in James 5, verse 16, confess your sins to one another and pray. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. As it is working. What is prayer? Prayer is helping another get well in their soul. Helping another get well in their soul. The prayer of a righteous person has power as it is working. Again, this is not the turtle when he was exclaiming, righteous, righteous. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who's right with God, not perfect, but right with God. They're going to speak into your life, Jesus. They're going to speak into your life, God. When you come to them for help, when you ask them for help, what they're going to do immediately is turn your attention to Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one who can truly help your soul. Not, not, not all these, not, not all kinds of other books and not all kinds of other, you know, if you just do this step and that step. And that, no, turn to Jesus. Let Jesus be the one to guide and direct your soul. That's what a righteous person is going to do. They're not going to turn you to a bunch of other stuff. They're going to turn you to the one who can heal and help you in your soul. The prayer of a righteous person has power as it is working. That word power is what we get the word energy from. It's energero, and we get energy from that. It's the word that we get our English word for energy. It's an energy that is surging. It is an energy that is always on. The light switch of God is always in the on position. We always are getting energy through God. It's like the energy, Energizer Bunny, right? Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Energizer Bunny keeps going and going and going and going and going some more. God is the one that is that energy. Why do I know that? Because it says, as it is working, this word is the same word that's found in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of, starts with P and ends with our. Thank you, very good. Power. You guys are fast. Power. We, we have an energy in us. There is an energy that is through a righteous person praying. What is that energy? It's not them. It's the Holy Spirit of God in them that as they pray, it is powerful and it is working. God is always at work. God never ceases to be at work. God is always at work, whether you see it, whether you understand it, whether you believe it, whether you feel it. God is always at work. Why? He's an energy that's always on. He is an energy that is always on, and he continues to work. Notice that these two things are not talking about the righteous person. 
It's talking about prayer. Prayer, prayer, notice what it says, prayer of a righteous person has power, is working. It's not about the person who's praying. They're just being obedient as a righteous follower of Jesus to pray on behalf of another person. It's not about them. It's not even about the words that someone might say in a prayer. We get so hung up on what we're saying. Why? That, that's not God's concern is what exactly, you got the right words down. If you say, you know, that if you pray this exact way, that this is the, this, no, it is not even that. It is God, I mean, even the Bible says that when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit of God is interpreting on our behalf to the Father. And so there's times where we're, we don't even know what to say, but God is not concerned about that as much as he is about are we willing to pray? Are we willing to seek him? Are we willing to go after and, and, and bend our knee to the one who is always at work, who is the energy that is in our lives and through our lives and all around us. And I'm not talking about the force. I'm not talking about some other type of weird thing like that. I'm saying the Holy Spirit of God is at work in every single one of us. And he's at work all around us. God never stops working. He's always at work. And he wants us to join in it. And one of the ways that we can join in it is by praying. Pray. It's the greatest thing that I can do. Why? Why? Because I'm praying to the greatest one who can do the greatest good about what I'm praying. And that's joining God in his work. Isn't it awesome that God lets us be a part of his story? Isn't it awesome that God lets us be a part of what he is doing in our lives, in the lives of others, and, and all around us, that he allows us to be a part of that by praying for one another. And he asks us, he commands us to pray. Another passage that I want us to go to that I think is so vital for us to understand in light of this idea of praying as a righteous person that has power as it is working is Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It's going to be up on the wall, but you can turn to it in your Bible or scroll to it on your device. And uh, I would encourage you, highlight this, circle it, make this a matter of, uh, of, of just memorizing it even. Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. As someone who wants to pray, as a, someone who has the desire to pray on behalf of others, what should we be about in our lives as praying people? Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. What, what does that mean? Continue steadfastly in prayer. Another version might say, be devoted. Be devoted in prayer. In other words, it's, I, I just cannot get enough. I just want to keep praying. I just want to keep communicating. I just want to keep talking to the Lord. Why? Because I realize that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That is what we make prayer so often is our last resort. I'm dialing up the 911 call to God. God, help me. 
Again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. There are definitely times that we need to be doing that. But if that's the only thing that you're doing, God, you're missing out on something. You're missing out on the power of prayer. You're missing out on the beauty of prayer. You're missing out on communicating to the God of the universe that you can do anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And the beauty of it is it's not about what you're saying. It's not about, it's not about oh, I've got to have my eyes closed, my hands folded, and my knees on my knees praying. Please, for, do not do that in your vehicle. Stop, don't do that. Um, you know, and it, I, some people, y'all, some of y'all pray in the shower. That's whatever. I'm not saying even do it then. That's weird. Um, just pray. You can pray anytime, anywhere, anyhow, because God is right there. God's not so concerned about the posture of your body. He's more concerned about the posture of your heart. Am I willing to say to God, God, this is my first response. I'm coming to you first. I'm coming to you first. If we're devoted, if we're continuing steadfastly in prayer, think about your life, your prayer habit in your life. Is, your, is prayer a regular part of your life, or is it something you really don't pay attention to? Are you devoted to God in prayer? Again, that word devoted, it means and it implies a strong attachment, an allegiance, an affection for someone or something. In this case, obviously, we're talking about prayer and the act of praying. Am I devoted? Am I steadfast in prayer? Am I steadfast? Am I devoted to it? Am I, am I allegiant to it? Am I attached to it? Am I, is there such a strong need for it in my life? I, I always want to be about praying in my life, willing to pray at a moment's notice whenever God knocks on the, my heart's door, on my soul, and says, pray. That's why even Paul would write and say the, the thing of, of, of the idea of never ceasing in prayer always be in prayer that doesn't again it's not it's not saying to us always be on your knees always have your hands folded your eyes closed like that's ridiculous how in the world could we do that but you can always be in an attitude of prayer wherever you're at no matter when and so am i steadfast devoted in prayer one of the examples in scripture that i love is daniel Daniel is devoted to God in prayer, no matter what. No matter what. He is devoted to God in prayer. Daniel chapter 6, there's this, 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 this story that unfolds. Daniel gets elevated in, into a high position of leadership. And uh, there's all these people, all these uh, different individuals who are jealous of him and they're wanting to get rid of him. And I love what Daniel chapter 6 verse 5 says, we will ne- this is them speaking, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. Wow. Talk about righteous. Talk about living a life that is consistent with God and living for God. We will never find a charge against this man unless it has to do with his relationship with God. How awesome is that? Could- could you just imagine how awesome would it be if people around you could say that about you? I'll never trip this guy up unless it has something to do with his God. Unless it has something to do with God, then, then I can trap him. And so they, they, they set up this whole thing with the king, and, and they, they say, hey, uh, king, you need to set up a decree that only people pray and worship you. And the king's like, oh, that's kind of a great idea. So he makes a decree. 
And I love what it says in Daniel 6, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, that it had been made, listen to what he does. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Steadfastly devoted in prayer, no matter what. No matter what. So we should be steadfast in prayer. But also notice what it says, we should be watchful in it. Watchful in it. What does that mean? That means always on the lookout for ways to pray. Always on the lookout for ways to pray. Always alert to the nudge of the Holy Spirit in your life. Again, I, my mind is, is so weird. Um, I'm, I'm writing this down, and, and all I can think about is Aladdin and the genie. And when he rubs the lamp and the genie comes out, he's like, Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? That's, that's what I'm thinking of is as the Holy Spirit of God rubs the lamp of your soul that you're like, Poof, Holy Spirit, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? I'm going to pray for whoever God lays on my heart in whatever moment it is. That's being watchful. Maybe he lays on your heart a name. Maybe he lays on your heart a circumstance. Maybe he lays on your heart something that, that, that just is coming across your mind, and you're like, where did that come from? Some of y'all get woke up in the middle of the night, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and you're going, oh, why am I awake? Poof, what do I need? What do you need, Holy Spirit? Let me pray. And then I usually, after that, I finish with, God, please, would you help my mind to go back to sleep? Because I really need sleep. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? Um, I, man, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Please help me go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm just saying, be honest. Um, God lays across something. Wouldn't it be awesome if every, every single time he did that, you just stopped and just prayed? You know why? <laughs> because there's times where God gives you a peek into the why. There's times where God gives you a peek into the why did he name, why did he lay that name on your heart? Why did he lay that, that person on your heart? Why did he lay that circumstance on your heart? And you get a peek into what God is doing. And there have been times where you might message somebody or you might call somebody and you're like, hey, earlier today I was praying for you. Wait, what? You were praying for me earlier today? Let me tell you about what happened to me earlier today. And, and you get a peek into what God is doing on a grand scale that you don't have any idea about, but he has rubbed the lamp of your soul, and you're saying, what do you need? And you pray, and God gives you a look-see into that, and you're like, wow. Holy cow, you're amazing. You're incredible, God. I Wow, you're letting me see this. But even if he doesn't, I want to be the kind of individual that just says, okay, God, I'll pray for this person. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't have any idea what's happening, but God, I'll do it. And then, and then take it a step further. Go even a step further and text them and let them know. Hey, God just brought you across my mind. I'm just wanting you to know I, I'm praying for you. I just want you to know that. 
I don't need any reciprocating. I just want you to know I'm praying. That's it. Be watchful in it. Here comes the hard part. With thanksgiving. This is where it really rubber meets the road stuff. Be steadfast in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Notice there's no, there's no other descriptors around that. What's that mean? That means having an attitude of gratitude toward God no matter the outcome. No matter the outcome. Jesus is in the garden praying, praying so intensely that he's sweating droplets of blood. And he's asking his father, Father, if there is another way. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been there. Not in the droplets of blood part or even in the intensity part, but just praying, God, if there's another way, please. But the struggle that I have, the struggle that I so often have is, is the next part that Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. How often do I struggle with that part? How often do I struggle with that thanksgiving part to God? That God, no matter how you answer this, I'm going to be thankful to you. I'm going to trust you. See, what oftentimes as we do with prayer is, is we think it's some way for us to get God to do what we want. Prayer is not to get God to see things our way, but rather to get us to see things his way. That's what prayer is. It's not about bending God to my will. It's not about somehow letting myself, and, and I've been in this situation so many times where I use God like a vending machine. Well, I want, I want P6. I want the uh, prayer number six, and God, I want you to do it exactly like this. And, and, and so I'm going to hit the button, and I don't know about you all in a vending machine, but there's times where whatever it is that you hit comes out. But then there's those times in the vending, anybody else get frustrated with vending machines? That, that thing, you know, you hit the button and it does this little spinny thing and then it sticks there. You're like, oh, and you want to shake the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? And then there's times where you hit it and the wrong thing comes out. How many times have we treated God like that? We prayed something. And it gets stuck there, and there's no answer, and there's no, there's just no, like, doesn't seem like there's any movement. And it's like, God, where are you? David talks about this over and over in Psalms. God, where are you? I, I've been praying day and night. I don't know where you are, what's happening, why is this happening? And then there's times, and this is the really, really, really difficult part, is when we pray, and God doesn't answer the way that we prayed. And something else pops out. And I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm like, I didn't ask for that. That's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. It's in those moments. It's in those moments I have a decision to make. Am I going to treat God 
like a button to be pushed or a relationship to be pursued. I remember one of those moments, because of time, I'm not going to share it today, but I've shared it before. One of those moments, I remember my mother-in-law, she wrote a verse, sent it to me. That was back in the days when we actually sent stuff to people by, by a handwriting. It took a little longer, but it got there, right? She sent me a card, and in it, the verse that is a verse of my life, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, was in it. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct my path. So here's, here's the problem that I have, and maybe you do too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So often what I do is this. Lean on my own understanding, and I demote trusting in the Lord below my understanding. Do you know what happens when we do this? We put ourselves up here as God. And then when God doesn't answer, or God doesn't answer the way we want him to, we get mad at him. Why? Because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. What does that say? That says, I'm God. You're not. I know better than you. You didn't answer the way I like it. You didn't answer the way I wanted you to. You didn't do what I asked you to do. So I am not going to trust you. I have elevated myself to God. When, when it's all about me because I think I see the bigger picture. I, I don't know about y'all, but I can barely see the end of my nose. But, but I know what's best for my life. I know the beginning from the end. I know what's coming tomorrow. And, and, and I know what's best for that person's life too. By the way, why? Because I'm God. I'm king. I'm Lord of my own life. And I don't know about you, I struggle with that all the time. That is why it is vital for me, that is why it is vital for you that we do not treat God as a button to be pushed, but as a relationship to be pursued. Because the more I pursue that relationship with him, the more I come to understand, you know what, I need help. And when I demonstrate that, and when I say that, and when I live that, what I'm doing is I'm humbling myself to God and saying, God, I trust you with all my heart. Help me not lean on my own understanding, because I know my own understanding is so limited. It is so finite. It is so messed up at times. God, I don't want to lean on my own understanding. Help me trust you. That is so hard to do. And it's why it's so necessary for me to be in the Word of God every single day. Not just once a week, every single day spending time with God in prayer and in His Word. Why? 
because I, my mind gets distracted. My mind gets pulled off the, the rail so easy. But praise be to God, his grace and his mercy are greater than all that. And he still loves me. So, ultimately it becomes this. Ultimately, what prayer, all of this comes down to is this. Do I want to pursue a relationship with God? I'm going to ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes.